going on, everybody? What up, everyone? Hey, what's going on? It's Nathan Payne. I'm Corey Roysom. Yeah, so we're just coming together uh, to bring you guys a podcast. We wanted to start making some some videos about our journey uh, down wholesaling and real estate investing. I uh, thought this would be useful information, and it's just fun to make. So uh, we want to kind of let you know our journey. Yeah, just want to help out and provide, you know, little tidbits of information that can help you guys in your uh, wholesaling journey and, you know, yeah, help you guys reach your financial and goals and uh, dreams. Right. That's right. So this is brought brought to you by InvestorThrive.com. Check it out. Check out InvestorThrive.com. It's a, it's a business we're starting just to kind of lay out um, how real estate investors like ourselves and others can, uh, you know, I guess, thrive and uh, progress. Uh, not get only deals, hit their goals. Get deals, hit their goals. Not only progress in real estate, but in their personal lives. That's kind of what we're going for. Because, you know, being successful in business for us is not just just being good at real estate and, you know, talking to sellers and marketing and all that stuff. But it's like trying to get our lives right as well. You know, yeah, like so, a full holistic approach to improving your life. Yeah. So check it out. InvestorThrive.com. That's what this is. Uh, podcast is brought to you by. So let's get into the meat of this thing, Corey. Let's, let's get into the meat. And uh, so this is the first episode. So yeah. we want to start off, tell you guys a little bit about ourselves, um, how we got started, and then we'll kind of cover our our first year of uh, what we did that year. Yeah, so and, we're actually uh, gonna get break rolling. this one down into the first half of our first yeah. uh, year because uh, it's pretty, there's a lot that went down, you know? Yeah, a lot to cover. A lot to cover. So this will just be the first half and then we'll make another podcast for the second half of the year. And then, you know, hopefully there'll be some good stuff for you guys to dissect on what not to do, what to do and mostly what not to do. Right? Mostly what not to do for the first year. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah. it's funny talking about this because we, uh, this our first year was, Looking back, it was, it was. Uh, yeah, it was fun, but it was fun, but we could have done way better. A lot of, a lot of lessons learned. That, that's honestly why this is so important. Is like you guys need to learn from our mistakes and things you don't, you shouldn't do, right? So that's kind of learn, at least learn from that. Learn from what not to do. So, yeah. go ahead, Corey. I guess I'll start. So, um, I'm originally from Missouri. That's where I went to high school. Uh, I moved out to Idaho. Um, after a two-year mission for um, the church I belong to. Right. I went to Uruguay on my mission. Uruguay. Um, then I went to college in Idaho. That's actually where me and Nate met. We might need to make a podcast about your times in Uruguay. You know, talk yeah, about that. Maybe. You had some crazy stuff happen there. some crazy stories, but um, we met in college, became friends. Um, and then... Uh, I got married right after college, moved down here, started a job working at a tech company. Um, while I was in school, I did some deals, uh, made some good money my last year of college, uh, able to kind of get my feet wet in real estate. Right. At the same time, you were out, you know, door knocking. Yeah, selling, I, was, I was doing door-to-door sales, if you guys TV. know what that is, selling, selling Dish Network door-to-door. Crazy. So we kind of had a different pass, and then um, I'll let Nate kind of introduce himself, yeah. um, and then we can talk about how we kind of got started in this. But you know, I, I love sports. I like basketball a lot. I like uh, playing golf, um, play soccer, enjoy hanging with friends, traveling. You know, right? Normal stuff. All around athlete. You like doing 
doing activities, you know? Used to. Seems like uh, anymore, I don't do as much. You're good. Just, at- had, just had a kid two months ago. So me and my wife have been married for three years, four years almost. Just had our first kid, Tommy, two months old now. Tommy. Quite the journey. But yeah, I don't have as much time for sports anymore, especially since that's Don't right. Do a lot of sports. We used to play a little. The the company team we used to play a little soccer. That was fun. <laughs> but anyway, so I'll go real quick. Uh, um, my name's Nathan Payne. Like I told you guys, I'm originally from the like a suburb of Atlanta, Georgia, like Roswell, Marietta, Georgia. If you've heard of it, uh, grew up there. You know, after graduating from high school, um, went on a mission. Like Corey did, I went to Portland, Oregon, and uh, two years after that, went to school at BYU Idaho, where we met up. And uh, that's kind of where we crossed paths. And I, in in school, started to do um, door-to-door sales. Door-to-door sales was like a big thing where I went to school where people would sell pest control, solar, I mean, whatever. And I decided to do dish network and cable. Just that's how I fell on. That's who I got recruited to do, do. So did that. And while I was doing that, Corey was doing real estate. And I'd always be like, Corey, come sell with me. And, you know, he'd be like, nah, I ain't trying to knock doors. That sucks. And it did suck, but it was good money at the time. It still is good money if you are in door-to-door. But um, So after college, I got married, did a little door-to-door still, and I, that's kind of how we got the story continues is I reached out to Corey. I was just got married. I didn't want to do the traveling thing, so I reached out to Corey and said, hey, man, what are you doing for work? He told me he was working at a tech company, and I um, was like, well, you know, it's still good money in door-to-door. Maybe we could start like a, a team here locally in Utah. So what we did is I told him, hey, Sprint, Dish merged kind of with Sprint and we started selling cell phone packages to people. Uh, and that was like a really good program. They had like a super good deal. So we started trying to sell. But before I kind of go in more into, you know, that, let me just kind of explain like, I, you know, I things I like to do. I like to, I'm married, so I like to hang out with my wife, like to um, ski, I like to work out. I like to be active. I mean, but nothing crazy. There's nothing. Big into the outdoors recently. Got big into the outdoors recently. Yeah, I've been going to national parks. Those are freaking fun. Yellowstone, Grand Tetons. You know, there's we're from Utah, so there's a ton of national parks here. Moab, Zion's is fun. So if you haven't checked out national parks, check that out. Spots. Yeah, camping. So anyway, going back into like how we got started, I tried to get Corey. I was like, Yo, Corey, forget your job at the tech company. Let's start a. Uh, team door knocking where we can sell sprint and part-time we'll we'll do uh real estate yeah it's kind of like let's do it on the side while we build this giant team that is gonna you know produce a lot of accounts for us and you know we'll be able to kind of do it on the side get started while we have you know revenue and income coming in from the from the sales the door-to-door sales so we got a couple guys we recruited three guys yeah. Um, over a period of time, <laughs> and the Dude, long story short, it was, like it was hard for them. Yeah, they didn't sell a lot, so door to door is pretty. It's kind of yeah, difficult. I mean, it's tough. Yeah, it's like, tough. They just didn't deal well. <clears throat> deal well with the rejection. <clears throat> so from there, we um, after we that was kind of like February, I think. We did that for a couple months. 
And it was cold outside too. Like we weren't trying to be out knocking every day. Yeah. It was cold outside. And eventually we would just tell them to go knock. And then we were trying to start this wholesaling thing. And then they were like, yo, forget you guys. We're not, you're not knocking. We're not, we're not going to knock. And so yeah. we were just like, Hey guys, just wrap it up. Like it's, it's not working call out. It. Just call. Yeah. So then, uh, about May ish, we started April, May, we started working out of our houses, wholesaling, yeah. trying to get started. Uh, we would, I don't know how we got lists or what we did, but we would get call for sale by owners, yeah, call random lists that we got. for sale by owners, right? And, and yeah, mind we'd you, be calling with our phone, dialing. Gosh, yeah, well, like one by one, we'd be texting people one by one, and we were just trying to get a deal, you know? And, and mind you, we started with zero dollars, right? Like we didn't, our wives were like, yeah, sure, go into this, um, but you, you're not going to take any of our money i don't think we wanted to put any money think, yeah, in either because we, we didn't know what we were doing so it's hard to put money into something that you don't really know anything about and by the way our wives are extremely supportive of us so like that's huge to to, to strive and try to accomplish like a an entrepreneurial adventure yeah, the first the first person you got to sell the dream or the vision to is your spouse if you have one so yeah, and I sold it. I sold my wife on it because I was like, hey, Corey did it in college and his dad knows how to, has been doing this. So, like, there's a lot of, you know, opportunity in here. That was, like, the extent of what I knew. I was like, oh, Corey did it and his dad makes a lot of money doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, we got started. We didn't get any deals probably the first couple of weeks. I don't even know if we went on an appointment or Man, talked to anybody. When we first I don't started, even... we were making, like, 10 calls a day. We, that. If that, we, we would basically plan out like how we were going to market or we would just talk. And then the last like hour of the day, we would make a couple of dials and get so rejected. So we didn't feel bad. And it was tough, man. Like it was tough to get, get into it. I don't it know tough. why, but you know, maybe because we didn't tough have any not direction. knowing what to do or knowing if like the actions you take are going to mount anything. I think that's the big Doing this, is it going to bring me? Yeah. So... We, we didn't really know what we were doing other than we would text, send some emails and to like to, for, for sale by owners. But um, then you wanted to kind of explain how we got with the broker? Then, yeah, then uh, I made a post. We were like, you know what? We need to get serious. We need to get an office. Go work somewhere. Like get serious about this. So um, we made a Facebook post. I think we probably both made one. Yeah, we were trying to reach out and network. Kid, um, that I knew from my mission um, reached out to me and tagged me and a guy that works at the office, tagged the guy in my post. He reached out to me and he's like, yeah, come in. Um, we're looking at getting into wholesaling, like him and his broker. So we went in, we met with him and he's like, yeah, you can work out of here. You know, yeah. we got a bunch of desks. It'll help the energy. It'll bring up, um, you know, the spirit in the, in the environment, the culture. So we went in there. We started working there. Yeah, don't forget, he was like, "I just had a dream about oh, wholesaling. Right, yeah. I just had a dream about this. Like, he, like we, like this was this divinely inspired or something. Yeah, like we, we were a you part know? of his answer to his prayers. Um, but he provided a, a cold caller, a cold calling system called Mojo for us. We didn't us. know anything about this. We never heard time. of, didn't know about. He provided us with some lists. Expired listings, like easy lists, I guess, yeah, to get like a hold of that we like, have no idea about. You know, the phone book, we could call neighborhoods. Yeah, like this a service that you would just yeah. like target a radius and it would target pull like everybody. a zip code or something. 
So we were me and me and Corey with us when we started getting major cold calling. We were just dialing. We would we would call for at least two hours a day. I think. I think it was like four. four. I think we were doing four until that was a lot. That was too much. <laughs> so yeah, we were calling. So we we this was about May or so. Yeah. When we started working at his office, and so we were calling for a couple months. And we finally got our first deal. Yeah, we finally found somebody that was interested from we're calling, calling the phone book. We're calling these lists and we're calling all these people. And we finally get someone um, who's interested. You know, his house was in Salt Lake. Yeah, we're he was a cool guy. Go into Cro- that. Yeah, he was from Croatia. He uh, he had rec- so he was from the expired listings list. So he had ex- recently tried to list his home and it for it was like two hundred thousand and it didn't move. So we had He's also on the foreclosure list. He was on the foreclosure list. Yeah. So he, he didn't get the price he wanted because he had the commission of the agent involved and everything. So he was like, oh, no, I'm not selling it. So he just decided to just wait it out. I think he was just willing to lose his house or something like that. But, Corey, you got a hold of him. And uh, it was crazy. Like, we went over there. This is our first deal. We had no idea what we were doing. And we was that the first appointment we went on? That might have been the first I can't remember appointment any we went on. Sure, we did. Yeah, so we went over there, and he was just like, no job, then didn't care, was trying to get back to Croatia, and, like, we we had to figure out, like, how to work with him. Like, and I don't know how we negotiated or anything, but we finally agreed on, like, a price at, like, 175 or 180 right? 185 185 And it was a good deal looking back. We just didn't know. You know, we didn't yeah. have the buyers at that time to know, like, it was a but we went over there probably half a dozen to a dozen times trying to work out a deal and get yeah, this it's locked not like up. we got it the first time either like we yeah, had to go there a couple like, times and he did work it pretty hard and he wouldn't answer his phone so like we would just go over there and just try to catch him at show home up. just show up and be you know he'd be on his couch just sleeping and we'd be like hey we won't are we getting this done like do you want to just you know not not sell your house so anyway he was in pre-foreclosure and we got it under contract and we were so nervous to send buyers over there we were like so nervous like we thought they would just talk to the seller the the end buyer would be like hey forget these guys like let's just work together so we were go behind our back yeah And, and what happened is like we didn't know how to sell our deal. So the broker we're working with, he's like, yeah, let's just blast this to all the agents in Utah. And that was a bad idea because a bunch of agents were like, yeah, we want it. But they didn't know that they needed a cash buyer. They were just trying to bring like their clients that had, you know, conventional funding. And that wasn't what we, we needed. Bunch of work for nothing. So what what happened then? I think we, like I think we had a couple showings and we would have. We would have the seller leave during the showings We'd just like, to like, we're not risking the, it. Like take your dog somewhere. Take your like, dog to the dog park and he'd leave for like 30 minutes and uh, we'd try to rush people Yeah, we'd try to there. get people through. He'd be texting me, can I come back yet? <laughs> be like, not yet. Not yet. And then uh, eventually, I think we did that like two or three times where we showed it to right. you know, a couple people each time. We ended up finally finding a buyer. Um, yeah. In... in for 185 so i think we got him back down to yeah, 180 so what had originally happened was like we were at his house and we we're like hey man we're gonna need this for lower and we saw like all these postcards from other buyers on his table and he's and he told us he's like dude 
I, I mean, I want to go with you guys. The other day, this guy came into my off, my house and he and he threw down like 80 stacks th- of bills. <laughs> he said this guy came to his house. with just threw out hard, like, cold cash, hard, cold cash. And was like, how much do you want for the house? And he said something like, I want to make 40,000. So the guy went to the bank, got like $40,000 of cash and threw it on his table and was like, will, take, will you take this? And obviously like... He owed a he had a mortgage, so it's not like you can just give him forty grand and he just can have the house. He would still have to pay off the mortgage. So I don't know what that buyer he didn't know what he was doing. I don't doing. know what he was doing. But he told ever. us that someone had threw cold hard like forty k of bills down actual cash, actual cash, and he was telling us that I wanted to stay with you guys. And I don't know if I believe that that happened. I was trying to get us to not come down because I think we knew. But anyway, he accepted it. We ended up assigning it, and that one was five k. Five k was our I think first it was deal. July, June, July. Yeah, and so it took us about a month and a half, two months to get our first deal. So you know that was our first deal. Went well. I mean, as well as it could for being brand new. And then we didn't. We kind of went on a drought for like a couple months after that. We were still. Yeah, I calling. think we went all the way till like October. Yeah, we we but in in the meantime, like between calling like me and you we started to go knock because we we're like well you know what i know how to knock like you know that's something i did let's go knock they some could, doors they couldn't get out of the knocking mentality well so we we ended up knocking this this door like this neighborhood and that's where we found we're also carrying flyers with us so yeah. when they didn't answer we would leave a flyer, leave a flyer. that's something that the broker we we went with he was like big on the flyers. broker was huge in the flyers yeah or by it which did work out so we ended up knocking on this lady's door. This is a crazy, crazy one that we'll go d- in deeper into at the end of the, the podcast. Get into that later. Get into that later. But basically what had happened is I knocked on her door. Like this guy that looked like all methed out answered the door and was like, I was like, hey, you, we're looking to buy a house neighborhood. Are you selling? He says, my grandma might. And I was like, was she here? And he's like, nah. And I was like, can I have her number? So he gave me her number and I ended up calling her, setting up an appointment for you to go. You went over there and, and got it under contract for like 215. And we thought it was a deal, but it was a killer we deal. thought it was a killer deal. But what happened, she didn't have a basement. So it wasn't really worth 215. So Corey, you ended up getting under contract and um, for we're 215. Stoked too, right? We were stoked too, right? We were stoked. We didn't have a lot of contracts at this time. We'd only gotten. Uh, the That's pretty first much seller and yeah. then also you know the next uh this person right yeah so what ended up happening with this is you got under contract then you had to go back and try to renegotiate like two days later and say hey i'm really sorry i was i did my numbers wrong i actually need this thing for like 180 right and what what had happened is she 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 was like tearing up when you did that right yeah i don't know if it was two days after it's probably a little while because we'd probably tried to sell it first I don't know. I can't. I remember. I don't remember the soon. exact timeline. Yeah. But she was so sad because after you had told her that you were going to buy her house, she packed. She started packing up, and I think like what had happened is you told her you couldn't do it, and then she she felt bad because she had packed like three boxes up. You know, she was feeling. She was so mad. So that one, like we we tried to save it and renegotiate, but it didn't work. But this one, we'll come back later to that. Yeah. That so deal. after we tried to renegotiate. We we're basically like, and she was like, nah, we're basically like, all right, bump it. But we'll, we'll continue the story. Yeah, it's uh, later not over, podcast. but just know that that's kind of how it's it not happened. Over. That, that one gets a little wild. So yeah. So after, uh, after that, we got, we got, we, we 
we're like we're struggling so we're like all right we need some help we so, need a mentor yeah like, we need we need a coach a we need a mentor he was, he was new to wholesaling was too only more experienced in real estate because he's you know a broker but didn't have the wholesaling expertise right right we brought in a coach, um, Alex Youngblood. Shout out, Alex Youngblood. Um, he helped us out. He helped us out a lot. So we did his coaching, and uh, you know he he gave us some tweaks to get another good deal. Yeah. So he told us in his training. He said, "Hit up the unknown equity list on mailers. You know, pull that list wherever you are, unknown equity, and send to mailers." So we spent about five or eight k sending out mailers. I, I don't know how we paid for it. I think the broker actually was willing to go in on it with us. Yeah, the broker. So I think at that point we had teamed up with the broker and partnered up with him. Yeah. So we were splitting it three ways. So him, Nate, and me splitting the business three ways. So he agreed to put money into it. I think he agreed to put like 5K into it. So we spent that on mailers and uh, flyers. Right. And I even think you we tried hired click people funnels to, too. I yeah, think we you had, tried that. Yeah, I did. We'd hired we'd hired people to uh, go out and flyer. Right. So let's go into that one. How we got that deal um, with on the mailers unknown uh, equity. You know more about that one because you were kind of doing so that. Yeah, I think you had kind of started doing like lead management, yeah, and I was yeah. doing acquisitions. And so me and the broker would go to this guy's house, the seller. Um, crazy. He was man. a crazy guy, man. He had he had some drug problems. Get inherited this house, and because it was an inherited house, he had tons of mail, like tons of tons people of um, had been hitting him up about the house. And so one of the first appointments, we went there probably like six or seven times. You guys were just hanging trying out. to like work out the deal with him. Um, we knew he was super motivated. Like he's like, man, I need money asap. Like right. I need it. Like super motivated, super like almost desperate for money. And so we went there like six or seven times and one of the first times i was there like he had all these postcards pull, and mail pull the sneaky one bro. and uh, i was like do you want these like i might want to like check these out for like our marketing purposes can i take these and so i, I took these um all his all his mail so he couldn't call them yeah that was a um, smart move especially if you check with him like if he's like nah I'm working with you guys. Just take those, take those uh, other buyers. Yeah, I mean, out I wasn't, I wasn't risking losing the deal because he calls someone else and I, they offer him a little bit more. Right, right. Plus, I had like he liked us a lot. Like we built a lot of good rapport with him. You know, we had been there, cared about his situation. You know, tried to help him out. So, right. Um, we eventually got it under contract. Um, Killer deal. Yeah, really good deal. And once we got under contract, like we gave him some money to get groceries. We gave him some money to basically make it to the closing. Right. So we worked out a really good like seller finance deal with um, like principal only payments, no interest with like a hundred K down at closing. It's a really, really good deal. I think uh, it, looking back, maybe we could make like 200K on it or something, 150,000. Probably well over 100, probably like 100. But we were new and the broker, I mean. Yeah, so we ended up selling it to this broker, we ended up selling to the broker for him to flip. I'm sure he made a killing on it. We made 28K. Yeah, we, we made split, 28K. But so, I mean, it was, you live in and you learn, right? Like that was a fat yeah, deal. Well, the funny thing is, me and Nate were like, this is such, a, this was a big deal at the time because we had done 
the 5k deal and no deal since then oh yeah we needed that money. So we we're like this is huge like 28k oh we thought that was a giant amount of money and so um we we're like we have to make this happen and during like the time where like we're waiting to closing the seller kept texting me random stuff he'd call me all the time and i was like man i can't deal with this anymore so one time he like threatened to kill me you know, just crazy stuff. He just to, he was crazy. Like, like he was the deal didn't super get hot and cold. So the deal didn't get funded like the day it closed because it takes sometimes to the next day. And he called Corey like, I'm going to kill you, dude. I blocked his number. <laughs> he literally was threatening to kill you. And yeah. I was like, man, this is getting wild. This is what the me path Nate, we've chosen. Me and Nate picked him up to take him to the closing because we're like, we have to make this happen. We have to make this happen. He brought his girlfriend with him and he was on the way drive there. He was going nuts. He was like telling stories about how he used to like hook up with bouncer. all these bouncer and beat up people and like hook up with chicks nonstop. And I was like, wow, this guy, wow. this guy's crazy. Now, another thing is we actually tried to sell this same deal to the buyer that bought our first deal we did for 5k, but he, he, he knew it was a good deal, but he's like, he told us we needed to pay our dues and we were trying to make Earn two stripes. He said, you, you guys are trying to make way too much money on this deal. You need to pay your dues. Give, I hook think me we were up. trying to make like 50 on it. Yeah, and he was like, no, I ain't paying you that, even though it was a sick deal. So, killer deal. You guys need to know the more buyers you have, the more money you're going to make. Yeah, we're it's, still in a position where we struggled to have good buyers. So, we didn't really, um, we didn't really get like, uh, you know, a lot of interest in it because we only blasted out to probably 10 people. Yeah. So, which isn't going to get you anything. You got to get more buyers. I mean, that's if you can learn one thing from this, this podcast, this, episode or whatever get some buyers that's why we can sell so many of our deals now we, we can find buyers now that's how we got that deal with him um for 28k it was so unknown, equity, unknown equity unknown equity postcard now that kind of held us over we had that deal then we had the 28k now we had some wiggle room right yeah, and at the same time we had hired some flyer guys with this 5k the broker gave us that's right so so now we kind of want to kind of tell you a little bit about uh I think Flyering. the first flyer guy we hired like way before this deal started, probably towards the end of summer, right? Because mm -hmm. got roasted that one day. Who, who are you talking? Flyer kid. Are you? Oh, you talking about our ponytail? Yeah, pony. Pony boy. <laughs> yeah. So I'll let you tell that story. All right. So what happened is we started. We were like the broker was big on. Um, flyers like like actually writing out handwritten letters and putting them on people's doors so we're like okay let's do it so we ended up putting out some uh facebook advertisements on like indeed and facebook marketplace um to and hire hire people. hire people to flyer and we would pay them six cents a flyer because we thought you could hand out like 100 150 flyers an hour 200 200 so we That'd were pitching like it as like 12 an bucks an hour right so a bunch of people were pumped about it. They were like, yeah, I can get paid to exercise and go flyer. Why not? So we started getting a lot of people that were interested, right? And we would have you know, droves of people like coming in to the office, picking up the flyers, and they would never come back. They'd be like... Yeah, hey. they'd come back the next day and be like, I'm done. They'd be like, forget this. And we had a watch that was like a Garmin that would track like if you even went to the doors most people would but they just they would go and they do it and they so say hey because i think you would end up start you were making six cents a flyer i think you could actually do maybe like 70 or 100 an hour so you're making like yeah like really fast <laughs> but we ended up getting this guy before we really found out that it wasn't that you couldn't get paid that much we hired this guy um 
We'll just call him Rob, right? So we'll call him Rob. So uh, in this, when we hired him, basically what happened is like, you know, this tall, lanky kid comes in. He's just like, I love walking. It's like my favorite thing to do. And I'm like, wow, well, we got the job perfect for you. Fit. It's a perfect fit. He had these giant combat. He was a pretty tall kid. He had these giant black combat boots. Looked like he had walked a hole through him. Like he, he did like to walk. And so he went out. We gave him like a thousand flyers. And we're like, all right, man, get to work. And we gave him an area, gave him the watch. And he, um, he went out and he knocked for eight hours the first day. And I got a text, I think, later after that the next day. And he's like, guys, I didn't put on any sunscreen. And I'm like a lobster right now. I can't even move. I won't be able to come to work today. I think so, he was wearing like a tank top, he was wasn't he? Like a tank top or something, and he just was cruising down the streets. He got he got torched up. Like it was hot. It was midsummer, so he he's like, I, I can't work. Like I can't even move. So for like three days, he was out of commission. Right? We're like, well, okay, well, he next, and then like three days later, he comes back to work to pick up you know some more flyers, and he's like, he's strapped. He's got like you know the sunscreen. He's got like fully clothed, long sleeve shirt, shirt, pants. pants. Got like the bucket hat with like the tape in the back. He was ready. All right, we're like, all right, let's get it, man. Go out there today, and he started flying. He was doing well. He he'd fly her, he'd knock it out, check the Garmin watch. Probably like six to eight hours a day, just like full time. Yeah, like crazy amounts. And we were getting calls. We were getting calls from the flyers. We'd get calls, and people would be like, "Quit leaving flyers on my door." Some people would be like, "Yeah, I'm interested." So we knew he was doing work, right? Yeah. So. A week or two goes by, I kind of stopped checking the watch because I trust the guy. That's that's kind of one of the downfalls, I guess, in, in running a business, just trusting people and not verifying. That's kind of one thing I've learned, too, is don't ever just trust that someone's doing their job. You should check, you know, with KPIs, which, you know, just verify. Tracking. Tracking. So I stopped tra- tracking it and looking at his watch, and I think eventually I was I he didn't even wear No, no, he was kept wearing the watch. I just didn't check. I was doing other things. He was wearing it. It was a requirement. So... What ended up happening is we started getting less and less calls, you know, and I was like, this is kind of weird. Like, we usually even get people texting in or calling in upset, like quit leaving flyers on my door. But we were getting like nothing. Right. So completely stopped. So I'd ask him and I don't know why I didn't just check, but I had asked him like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, uh, why, why aren't, uh, you know, we're not getting as many calls. Like, are you are you slowing down a little bit? He's like, no, nah, dude, I'm doing the same speed. I'm doing it. And I was like, OK. But I got a hunch, you know, like one one day, and I was like, Corey, let's go to the area that we assigned him. And let's before that though, I think we checked the watch, right? Oh, did we check? Okay, yeah, we did check. We checked, and we had seen right, like right. we saw like completely straight lines because normally it like zigzags into the house, or did back the door out, then you know a straight line down the sidewalk, zigzag into the house, and it goes like that. Well, now we're seeing straight lines. So I was thinking that maybe someone's wrong with the watch. I was like, yeah, I, I don't yeah, want to like come the at the guy wrote. without verifying, right? That's that's what happened. Yeah. It was just straight lines on the sidewalk. So what ended up happening was, um, said, let's go check on this guy. So we went to the area. We actually have a video that we'll include in the link. It's We actually found him just walking on the sidewalk for hours. Like yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we, we didn't follow, follow him for, for hours, but we knew he would literally just go out there for like nine o'clock, walk till like five o'clock, just on the sidewalk without putting a freaking flyer on there. And we got a video. We'll put in the link if you guys want to see. It's pretty funny. You'll see like the tall, lanky kid you know, the pon- with blonde ponytail. Yeah, I think he must have got yelled at a couple times. I'm guessing. I don't know what or- happened. 
But he's willing you to do the walking. You gotta buy a dog or I don't know. He's going to want to keep going up to the door. He's willing to do the walking. but any- Not that much more work to go 15 feet up to the door. He could have left it on the fence or something. But what, <laughs> what ended up happening is after that, I was like, he's like, can you pay me? Like he asked for us to pay him that day. And I said, come to the office. Um, we'll pay you in cash this time. Because you should just Venmo him, right? So he wouldn't have to come in the office unless he needed like flyers or tape. And so we're like, hey, just come in. Uh, we want to kind of chat with you. And you, you know when you can feel energy, right? Like. It, uh, he felt something was going on. I knew some, like I felt that vibe, and he was kind of hesitant to come in. But he's like, he knew he, he knew wasn't he was doing his to get job. Roasted. So he came into the office. Hey, I'm a nice guy. So hey, Rob, Rob, come in here. And uh, he came in, and I said, Hey, man, I'm really uh, kind of confused. You know, uh, we haven't been getting any calls. Like, what's going on? He's like, I don't know, man. I've been flying, doing my job. And I said, That's kind of weird. Cause um, Charlie started. I was wa- like Nate was talking to him, and I was watching. Tell uh, he started. Rob, just- Rob was getting a little nervous. <laughs> and by the way, I I like confront. I don't like confrontation, but I don't. I'm not afraid of it. So I kind of like look forward to situations where I can call someone out. I don't know why. I just enjoy it. So say, so, hey Rob, uh, we drove by your area. We didn't see any flyers on the door. What happened? Trying to give him a way to just admit that he yeah. he's lying. I, I want to be, confess. I don't want to just say, "Hey, you're a liar." I want to. I want him to say, "Hey, guys, I'm sorry." Confess yeah. his sins. Yeah, like just hey, I, guys, or whatever happened. So basically, I was like, "Listen, we drove by the area. The flyers were on the door. What happened?" He's like, "They must have blown off." He said they must have blown off the doors. All of them. All of them. Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, I don't know." I said, "Okay, Rob." We drove by. We followed you. We saw you just walking in a straight line. We know you're not doing it. And he then he broke down. He's like, I'm sorry, guys. I haven't been doing it. I'm like, how long have you not been doing it? He's like, probably a couple a week or two or whatever. It's been a while. He's been throwing the flyers away. Yeah, I'm like, well, can we get the flyers? And he's like, I threw them away. And I'm like, come on, man. Don't throw them away. And I didn't even have to fire him, bro. He just knew it was over. I was just like, this isn't going to work out. I might have fired him. I don't remember. But he I know j- we told him we're not going to pay you for what we owed you. I mean, we we should- didn't know him anything because he didn't do the job. Yeah, we should have said, hey, you're going to send him a Venmo request or something. Said, hey, why don't you pay us back? <laughs> but anyway, so that, that happened with the flyering. And honestly, flyering worked good. We actually ended up getting another deal from flyers. But it was from, uh, you know, we had continued with other people and decided to pay them more. It was like 12 cents or 20 cents a, a drop at this time. But, yeah, so Rob was a funny experience. Again, guys, if you're going to run a business, verify. You can't just trust people. So that happened. And then we ended up up, upping up how much we were willing to pay people. And we ended up getting a good, I think it was like an 18K $18,000 deal from Flyers. Five. This deal was funny because... Um, it was in Midvale. Midvale, yeah. So this deal was interesting. So we had gotten the flyer. I got a call. I answered the call on Saturday. And she said, hey, some buyers are going to come through on Monday. Do you want to see the house? So me and Corey were the first ones to go on Monday. And we saw the house. It was going to be somewhere you're interested in. And I said, hey, I know you got some other people coming today. I don't want to shoot myself in the foot and give my offer yet. Do you mind if we make the last offer? And she's like, yeah, sure. I'll let the other people come. And then if you can beat their offers, great. We're looking for the most money we can. So later that day, we drove to their house, met with them in their, their couch, uh, like in their living room. And she's like, yeah, none of the other people stopped by. 
And I was like, oh, great. Well, I mean, are you guys ready to make a decision? Like, are you ready to sell? And they're like, yeah. I was like, well, and I think they're, I was like, well, what do you want? And they're like, well, around 180. What are you guys offering? And this is when we were not good at negotiating at all. We were just. This was for our third deal. This is our third deal. We didn't, we were just, we were shaking because we need, like, when this might have even been like negotiated before we even closed the lead, probably. What do you mean? Like, we probably hadn't gone to the title company and closed and got paid from. Oh, probably. Probably not, right? The other ones are probably still like working. So we were, we wanted this one, right? So she's like, 180 is kind of what I want. And then I looked at you because you had more experience this time. And, and they're like, what do you offer? I was feeling the pressure. I was He's like, no, I got to make a decision. I don't want to make a decision. But he did. But then I was like, Would he- we'll pay 186. <laughs> so I'm then, sure we could have got away with like oh 181. Gosh, you probably could have gotten away with 180. But they were just looked at each other and like, are you sure? Kind of like, okay. And we're like, yeah, sign. So we were just like, bam, got it. Because we knew it was a deal. Um, anyway, that one was kind of because our buyers, again, were weak. That one took a while to sell, but we ended up selling it for like 205 or something like that. 17 and a half, I think. So that was interesting. So that came from Flyers. And then we ended up getting another deal soon after from cold calling. I was calling the absentee owner list and I ended up getting a guy who was like, I want 175. I looked on Zillow. The Zillow estimate was like 235. And I was like, okay, so if I get you 175, is it we got a deal? He's like, sure. So we ended up going to his house. Corey again negotiated it. He tried to negotiate the, lower. This than- time we learned from our mistake. So the guy's like, I want 175. And Corey's like, can I do, can you do 170? And the guy's like, no. And we're like, okay, well. He's like, no. We're like 175. Then we, then we did sell at 175. He's like, okay, fine. He wasn't like super motivated. It's kind of like, I'll sell if. Uh, right now. Right. And now, by the way, absentee owner list, money. We've gotten tons of deals from the absentee owner list. So yeah, use it. Landlords all the time want to get rid of their properties. I mean, he was just tired of it, right? I think we bought it with it, sold it to brothers that bought it with the tenant inside, Yeah, right? they just wanted to keep it as a rental, which is probably great. That property's great, probably yeah. gone up a ton. It was a good rental. It had like so a part super of- convenient for the seller. Good deal for the, you know. Buyers. Buyers. Yeah, so that was cool. So I think we made 22 off that. Yeah, we made a good amount on that one. And I don't think we could have pr- probably pushed that one higher because we ended up selling it to buy and hold investors, which we got lucky for. So kind of just kind of wrapping up this uh, this part of the first half of um, the year, just want to kind of go. Uh, we, we actually ended up getting uh, a deal that we're going to talk about later in the next episode from a, a guy that was in pre-foreclosure, but that ended up closing at the end of the year. Uh, so that one's we're gonna go deeper into that one next next episode. Um, awesome we loved going to people's houses. We don't go to anyone's houses now. I mean, maybe sometimes, but Rarely. it's all virtual. So Rarely. we we close over the phone. We also ended up hiring cold callers, which we'll talk about here, more. Which we'll talk about next. Yeah, we we hired some of our buddies from college. Paid them fifteen bucks an hour. Don't do that. We'll we'll talk about that more. That's too much for cold callers. But what we kind of want to end this episode on is the deal with, we're going to go full circle on this one. Door knocking deal. So the lady that Nate talked to, that he knocked the door, talked to the grandson. The grandson. We'll call her, we'll call her uh, Ronnie. Is that a girl's name? Ronnie? Yeah. We'll call her Ronnie. So, okay, fine. We'll, We'll change it to. Ronnie. 
Bonnie. All right, Bonnie. That's better. So not Ronnie, Bronnie. So Bonnie, this is crazy, man. So Corey, I remember like at this time we started kind of trying to get more into the sales training and like he told me about a guy named John Martinez. Did we have his training yet? I don't think we had the training yet, but you started telling me about like sales and, and I, I've done sales with like door to door. This is kind of a different, this is a completely different beast. This is like trying to find, consulting. this is consulting. So I, uh, one day Corey was telling me like, Nate, we're only going to get better at this business when we start caring about people. We actually start caring about their situation and, and sounds kind of corny, but it's it sounds corny, but yeah, corny. But I was more thinking about the dollar signs. I'm not like a greedy person, but that's I was like trying to make money, right? But then he Corey was like, "Look, Nate, we got to start caring about their situations." So I looked at him and, and I was like, "Remember Bonnie?" And he's like, "Yeah, I remember Bonnie from a couple of months ago." I'm like, "Remember how we, uh, you know, she was pretty upset because we uh, tried to renegotiate with her. I bet she hasn't sold yet, and she probably still." So what what Bonnie's situation was? She retired. She got was on Social Security. She was getting like a thousand or two thousand bucks a month. Her and her mortgage payment was about that. And she had her like forty year old son, not four, forty year old son, and her like forty five year old daughter living mooching off of them and the grandson. So not working, not working. Nobody wanted to work in that house. So I thought about them. Like, yo, you know what? I actually care about her situation and her care about bonnie she's got a crappy situation she's got all these people mooching off her and she's not does not make enough money to make rent and uh or her mortgage payment she's a she needs our help right so Corey, because her mortgage payment was so low dude, it was so low and none of it because none of them were working and she was the only one collecting yeah it was they so were she just was leeching. paying for their food They're paying for their rent mooching mooching off of her so Corey, remember what happened? You didn't want to go back over there because she had like, given yo, you the wrap. She, had, she, she had, was so mad at me. I was like, I'm not trying to talk but to her. I ever. said, hey, man, why don't you practice? Let's practice what you're preaching. Let's care about this lady. So I got in my car. He got in the passenger seat. We drove over there. And I said, all right, let's go knock on her door and talk to her. He's like, nah, I'm going to stay in the car. So I go up to the door and I knock on the I door. I said, like, hey, talk to her first, see if she wants to talk to us. Yeah. Then I'll come in. So I knock on the door and with like conviction in my eyes and say, Bonnie, we, we talked to you a couple months ago. We were, we, we were interested in buying the house. We still are, but sorry. We're really sorry we got our numbers wrong, but we still want to buy the house. And she was like, get the bump out of here. Get yeah. off of my porch. And I kind of went, walked away with my, my tail between my legs. And I was like, dang, this is not working, like caring about people. But I was like, whatever, I try my best. And right before I get to my car, she pokes her head out that door and she's, she waves me back in. I'm like, dude, she's about to rock me. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but she's, something's about to happen. So I walk back up to the door and she's like, come inside. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen, but all right, I want to, we'll see. So she points, I go inside, Corey's still in the, the car and I, she goes inside and she points to three boxes, like three little boxes. And she says, you see those? And I'm like, yeah, those, those boxes. She says, when you guys said you were going to sell my, buy my house, I started packing up my whole house. And those are the boxes that I have from when you said you'd buy my house. You know how hard it was? And it was like three days, dude. And there was three boxes. And she's like, she's like, that's what you guys made me do. And I, and I just apologized. I said, look, you know what? I must have been really tough to pack those. And I, I, I'm sorry, but can we make it up to you? Can we, can we work it out? Yeah, I still want to sell. I get Corey, comes in the house, 
And we literally met with her maybe four or five times until we finally agreed on. I remember I sat, came back to her like one one time and I, I negotiated the deal. I basically said, listen, Bonnie, I know, you know, you're, you're holistic, you're a spiritual person. Like how much money do you really need this, from the sale of this house to move on to, you know, Southern Utah and have enough money to live? She's like, I think I'll be alive for five more years. So I think I need like 30,000 a year or something like that. So I want blank. So she gave me this price and I, she owed this much on her house. I said, look, if we bought it at this price, it was like analytical. I was like, if we buy it at this price, it's still a deal for us and you still get what you want, Bonnie. And she was like, okay. So we signed the paperwork and uh, it was like a roller coaster from that point. But uh, it wasn't like a done deal at that point. No, because she had to find a place to go move. So we had connected her with an agent in Southern Utah to find her place. She she was like, you know, getting cold feet, getting cold feet it, all the time, like questioning it. And then that's we did end up getting John Martinez's training because then you came over to her and we sat down with her, her four year old son, R- R- Ronald or Ray or whatever, and J- Judy. And they were all sitting in this this house in the living room and the dog was all yapping and it was just, you know, paper, newspaper, little, stacked, little mouse looking, dog. little mouse looking dog, paper stacked to the ceiling hoarder. It was crazy. And Corey, what line did you hit her with to get her to finally make the move? You remember? I don't remember the exact line, but I'm pretty sure John called it like the magic question. Yeah, dude, you hit it with her. And basically like I was talking about like, like everyone's scared to change. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, Bridging the gap. That yeah. was the, 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 you were talking about like that. It's hard. It's hard to make the decision to bridge the gap from where you are to where you want to go. Yep. If you don't do it now, like you'll never. And I remember how I said it more eloquently yeah. than that. And she just like a light. And then you R- could tell R- she Ronald or Ray, like her son, the four year old son that was just chilling in the playing video games all the time. He looked at his mom. He's like, mom, he asked you a question. Are you going to bridge the gap? <laughs> And it was just, I did. He had our back at that time. We're like, let's go, Ray. Anyway, so she's like, okay, fine. And then after that, it just things changed. And then she she found a house, and it was at the end of the year. And this is where this is where we're gonna wrap it up. But this is where the story gets really crazy. So we buy the house, we sell it to an investor, and she was a hoarder, right? So we told her a part of like how we were gonna get her moved like part of the deal was we'll move you we also told her like she had time yeah we it wasn't told- a big like to us in our mind it's like eh, a big deal like we hadn't been pressured to get someone out of the house like to that. this point yet yeah and we and the buyer that we sold the deal to he was breathing down my he neck was like you to, better get her like out. showing up he like calling and me and then it was like you need to get her out now like, we're like so i was like bro out yeah it was it was crazy but so what ended up happening was she we told her we would move her personally because I, I i've moved people in the past i was like i can do this and we had Corey. we had a couple of our I really guys. didn't want to do this yeah but they wanted to save I some wa- money i wanted to get the deal done they so, didn't want to and they didn't want to pay yet not yet so what ended up happening was we told her we'd move her after we closed, she's like, yo, I thought you said I could have some time. You're like, yeah, I'm really sorry about the buyer we're working with. He wants you guys out, but don't worry. We're going to move you. Don't worry. Look, we'll take care of the move. So we show up in our moving clothes like 8 a.m. Saturday morning. No, it might have been a Friday morning. And we knock on the door and they all come out. You know, they just woke up. It was like they, were, they weren't even ready for it. We're like, 
we're ready to get you out of here. I just party the night before and <laughs> thinking about moving the next day. None of the boxes were packed. We just, we just. I don't even we, think they had boxes. We, I think we went and bought boxes. Went and bought a bunch of boxes. But dude, have in mind this is like an a thousand, a thousand, twelve hundred square foot house stacked with garbage. Like it's horrible. The house wasn't as bad as the garage. It had plenty it was of pretty stuff. Pretty bad, dude. But it wasn't like the garage. So what ended up happening is we had the boxes, started throwing stuff in there, and no one really wanted to touch anything because it was kind of like. It's kind of like, do I pack this for them? It was kind of gross in there too. No one was trying to like touch anything. Trying to touch their clothes. Yes, but anyway, we started putting stuff in there, and like, eight, like five or six hours go by, and the twenty six foot truck that we we got was barely even. We'd done like probably five feet. Dude, and it was like we're not movers, and this sucked. Like they were just standing around. Like her forty old forty year old son was just like chilling. He might have been eating some food. Like no one was. They weren't really helping, other than like watching us try to move their stuff. And we went out to eat. I think we so we had been there for like three ish hours. It was horrible. Around lunchtime, we're like, this is not. Good. So we ended up going taking our guys out to lunch that were helping us, and they didn't really do shiz either. And we were like, bro, we cannot do this. This is just take literally weeks. This is going to take weeks of our time and the buyer is breathing down her neck. So I ended up going on Facebook marketplace and I ended up finding like this moving company called like inmates moving company. It was like prison yard movers or something like that. It wasn't really called that, but it, but it felt like that. So I call these guys and they're like, yeah, we'll be there. So we we're at the house moving all these sudden these dudes pull up in like these vans and these guys look like, I don't know what the, like like prisoners, I don't know, man. Like I don't know how to describe them, but they just busted out. They had like shaved heads, like tattoos everywhere, and they just—they're like, "Yeah, is this the house?" And I'm like, "Yeah." These guys just literally went inside and started like throwing, shit. throwing stuff into the in the truck. Boxes, they were like throwing stuff in the truck. They tetrising it. There's they had one dude in there. It was just like like just busting through stuff, and it was like a glorious sight. Like the light. I was like, of heaven shone down on these guys. These guys saved our lives. Like they had packed this. They what we had done in three hours. They were able to do in like 10, 15 minutes. They, these guys were amazing. You didn't Crazy. even want to get in there. They had one guy that had like a limp. He was like limping around, but he was carrying like four hundred. Felt like four hundred pound boxes, like with a limp. And I was like, how is that guy lifting that by himself? These guys were strong. They were strong. So anyway, they these guys packed up the whole truck in a day. And then there was her garage that, you know, two car garage separate, like from the house that needed to get packed. Before that, after they finished packing that, you drove that down. Yeah. I had, we had to get another 26 foot truck because it it took two 26 foot huge U-Haul trucks. Yeah. I think they went and got that the next day. They went and got that That next day. That night you drove the truck down, had them pick up another. Right. Right. Still drove that down that night. I was leaving for Christmas break the next day. Luckily, I was gone no matter what happened. So Nate drives the truck down to Price, and then I drive down and pick him up. Yeah. And we drive back that night, and then they went the next day. Movers took care of it. Loaded up all of the second truck with the stuff from the garage, which is pretty much all trash. Oh, man. Literally all trash. It was like animal skins. I know there were rats in there. Like, oh, God. Dog turds, because the dog used to live in there. Oh, bad dude. 
horrible. I was not touching it. But anyway, so they they saved our lives. So what you're going to learn from our experience or there is never move someone personally, especially a hoarder. Always pay for Always it. Always pay for it. it just, like it's worth paying for it. Like spend like a thousand bucks. Yeah, it was totally worth it to pay someone instead of our time. I mean, what we lost out on deals, you know, who knows? Like we could have been got a deal that day. Yeah. So anyway, they got moved out. That got done. And then I remember to to wrap this one up is she it cost us a little bit more. We thought it was going to cost like five hundred bucks, but it cost us like a thousand or fifteen hundred. So I had she had left like a little Indian lamp at the house. So I was like, hey, I got your Indian lamp. Can we meet? And, you know, maybe like it ended up costing us a little bit more. I tried to use the Indian lamp to be like, hey, let's meet because, you know, it costs us more to like, can you give us some money? And she was like, okay, fine. So I took, we met, I gave her the Indian lamp. She gave me, she cut me a check for like 300 bucks to help with the move. And I took them out. They were kind of like grog, like upset that we had moved them that quick. Uh, Hold on before you finish that. That night before, before we drove the truck down there. She was upset. Yeah, she didn't like being moved Actually, that, that might have even been the night before we moved. That was. When it was the night before we moved them, where we went to her house to like say, hey, like, we need to come move you to move. Right. I was reading her. She was like, so mad. So upset. We're like, you know what? I know this is hard. We'll, we'll, we'll buy get you, you some pizza. Din- we'll get you some dinner. dinner. Yeah. We'll get you some pizza. We go buy them Little Caesars pizza, crazy crust, some crazy crust, crazy, crazy bread. bread, bread some uh, two liters of soda and bring it back and it just calmed her down. Oh, she, was, she was loving that cheesy bread. Yeah, dude. she was stoked on it. Well, let me tell you something. Bread. Reciprocity, you know, like give, give, you know, help people. And, and I know that like we didn't navigate that one perfectly, right? Because we didn't know the buyer, but like get, like try to give, right? Like we tried to move them. Of course, they're upset we moved them quicker, but honestly, if yeah, it I think wasn't, she just had like attachment uh, issues. I was like, she's sad to see you go. Let me tell you something, dude. If it wasn't for us moving her out of there, she would have never left. Still be there. She probably would have just lost the house. She she needed someone like us to get her out of there, really, because she wouldn't be able to get it done. Now she's down in Price, Utah. Probably happy as loving, be. loving life, dude. Just lo- running with the horses, running wild with with you know her son. He's probably gaming, having a great time. Forty five years old, just not even caring in the world. But anyway, I think they bought the house cash, right? Yeah, they bought the house cash and she had, you know, enough cash. And on top of her social security, she's going to be chilling, you know, she's good. So I, I don't know if I said this, but I ended up buying a McDonald's when I went down there and they were loving it, dude. So I hope they're good. Hotcakes and sausage. Yeah, I mean, McGriddle, bro. So, man, it was a crazy first half of the year. I know we've probably taken a lot of time to talk. Yeah, it ended right before Christmas. Ended up right for Christmas. 18th, 17th. And honestly, guys, there's we got so many crazy experiences because we were in the thick of, you know, most of these deals, like trying to negotiate them. But, you know, now as we get as we're doing virtual wholesaling, like we're not really meeting with sellers. We're not really that involved. But uh, yeah, for some crazy stories that you guys will hear about. We got one. We will talk about this one in the future episode. But we actually had we bought a house in California that had a squatter in it and we didn't know it when we closed on it and he wouldn't get out. And we had to go fly and kick them out. And the, and the police came and it was crazy. So don't buy a house with a squatter in it, by the way. So let's recap. Let's Especially recap. in California. Yeah, they have rights, apparently. So let's recap this call real quick, Corey. Me and you got into wholesaling. We're friends in college. 
you know, we started our business with zero dollars, zero experience, had knew nothing. We we went to a broker to kind of help us out. He was new, but you know, we actually split the business with him. Ended up, you know, as you know, in the next episode, we're going to talk about. We actually ended up separating because we didn't feel like he was pulling his weight. And then, you know, what else to recap? I mean, we you know did four deals, five deals um, total that year for about five k. Decent amount of money for us. May to. Ember, which luckily we ended out strong, right? Yeah, for sure. So, um, got him through cold calling, mailing, and wires. Don't move a hoarder, Pay for especially. It. Pay for it. Spend time working in and on your business. Don't do that. Um, yeah, like we're we're excited to share a story with you guys. You know, we're excited to. Help you guys out in any way you can. Like Nate said, this is brought to you by Investor Thrive. Um, visit us on our site, and you can you know, learn how to engage with us more, and you know, learn more on, on how to wholesale and how to grow your business, how to right. become better in your life, all that stuff. Yeah, because guys, my goal—I mean, I love real estate. Real estate's fine; it's cool. But my really, my goal is to uh, you know help people you know be successful in their personal lives. You know, like a lot of people don't. Yeah, reach their dreams. Like this is just a, this is just a, I guess, uh, what's the word for something that's going to help you get there? Like a pathway. Yeah, this is like for me, this is a pathway, right? Like I never want to just like wholesaling was not my end goal. My goal is to, you know, I guess help people achieve their goals. Like that's what I want. So like investor thrive, like it's not just like, hey, how can you wholesale? We will teach you that, but we want to help you with your personal lives you know, daily schedules, setting goals, monthly, weekly, daily, like the way to get anything in life is through daily action. And a lot of people don't like do the things necessarily necessary to get what they want through daily, you know, action. So anyway, thanks for tuning in. Check out Investor Thrive. Thanks for listening to our podcast and, you know, tune in for more. If, if this is on YouTube, it will be on YouTube. Like and subscribe and hit the bell icon and just help us grow our reach. And, you know, sure. Think it's interesting or worth it? Pretty sure. Thanks for coming, guys. Peace out.